Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Biker Chick Chat. I'm your host, Biker Bethany, and I'm on a mission to find female riders from all over the planet to find out their stories of how they got into the motorcycle world. And on today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Tiffany from Florida. She has knocked up some serious mileage on her awesome purple glide, and she's got purple hair that matches her bikes. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, and I think you're going to enjoy her stories today. So let's get straight in. Hey, Tiffany, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, welcome to my podcast. I appreciate you having me here. Oh, I appreciate you coming on. I mean, when I saw you on Instagram, just straight away, the first thing that, you know, stood out was your awesome purple hair and then it matching the bike. I was like, that is so cool. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, actually, it's funny because my hair actually came way before the purple motorcycles. And I always love how people are like, oh, your hair matches your bike. Not my bikes all match my hair. (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, honestly it's awesome I really love that color it looks so good on you you. I've always wanted a purple motorcycle myself I just I love that it's got it's got a different kind of look hasn't it like I bet when you're out on the road it just it turns heads oh completely but that's why I also like choosing the color that I did because you can't I mean most bikes you know they're typical black gray is really popular but you can't miss the purple bike and I always can find it in like a really big crowd. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So yeah. did you buy your bike that color or did you have it painted? Okay, so yeah, no, none of the bikes that I have that are currently in my garage were the color that I bought them. Um, the Road Glide, which is the one you probably noticed me most on because I do the most long distance on that. Um, when I bought it in March, it was orange, like straight up orange chrome everywhere and I had to change it like immediately that was the point though like I wanted a purple road glide so oh oh my god that's mad that's a massive difference orange oh Oh, Oh, that's cool do you have a place nearby that you sort of trust with the paintwork on your bikes yes actually um dan brown paintworks in central florida here he's actually done both my road glide and the fat boy that's on my page too the purple flamed fat boy he just did that as well and i think i'm gonna have him redo my sportster tank soon to be like ignorant purple sparkles so we'll see everything might be purple soon i'm gonna get rid of the leopard print for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i love it that is so cool so how many bikes do you have there's like four of them in the garage that are mine but because i can't like count my kids dirt bike and such and the worst part is i want to buy another one so you know (laughs) it's a collection i'm a collector so and i ride them all i mean realistically i know it seems weird to have so many but you know they all get a little attention yeah, sure. Well, everyone's got their thing, haven't they? Yeah. And I'm not being funny. If everyone had the choice, they would have a collection. <laughs> oh, yeah. I truly believe that. So just slowly adding to my collection over all the years. 
Well, I don't blame you. It's nice to be able to... Because, you know, some days you might wake up and think, well, if I'm going to do something like really long distance, mm-hmm. you want comfort and what's going to be best for that. But then if you fancy just having a rip around your town or, I don't know, something different, yeah. there's different bikes. They're just so different, aren't they? That's exactly. the thing. Well, and that's why the next bike that I want is I want an adventure bike because I want to ride to Alaska. So, like, that's the more appropriate bike for it. So, of course, I want the one that's most appropriate. I could probably take my road glide, but it's not it's not as ideal. And why not add another one? It's going to be purple, too, eventually. <laughs> it's going to be a whole so, fleet of purple bikes. <laughs> would you look at getting the Pan America, then, for a oh, tour? I would love a Pan American. However, it's way out of my budget range still for this. So, I'm kind of looking at maybe, like, a KLR. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm only five, three, so I'm struggling with, yeah, I'm struggling with touching the ground on any of them. Um, I really would love a BMW or, um, the Africa twin or something, but I can't even stand them up. I'm too short. Like it's like getting on a horse. So yeah, I love the Pan American. It's just unfortunately out of the various range, but wouldn't it look great purple? <laughs> it would look so good purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no honestly I've got exactly the same problem as you like I really want to get out on some bigger bikes in general I mean ladies like yourself and other awesome women on Instagram that I see riding baggers and whatnot and it proves that height isn't an issue for that but when it comes to like the tourers like the Pan America it I mean how on earth do you you'd have to start moving standing next to it and and then jump on on, wouldn't you it is like a horse like you said yeah and I mean like I'm down for the 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 challenge of maybe a taller bike my problem is is like most of my long distance is solo so god forbid something happens while I'm trying to do this by myself so I kind of like I just need to find one that I can lower a little bit or cough up the money for a Pan American because at least that one um if it has the reduced reach seat I'm like really tiptoed but I can ride it and it's super fun so we'll see we'll see yeah yeah see how it goes that's (laughs) like 2024 is goal so (laughs) okay that's well it's good to have goals like that isn't it set the goal high and then you're gonna you're gonna get somewhere if not there then near it aren't you exactly and that's life, though, like progressing, hopefully progressing. So, Absolutely. So have you lowered your other bikes or did oh, you yeah. leave it? Yeah. <laughs> They're all short. <laughs> um, the Fat Boy that I bought actually came pretty short. Um, and then even the Sportster, I lowered it an inch. And then my Road Glide is, I think it's an inch and a half lowered right now. But I, the suspension on it's not really great. Um so this year's the first major goal is because I plan on doing another couple long distance hauls, especially packed down um, with all, you know, my camping gear and everything. I kind of have to change the suspension. So I actually might have to go to only an inch lowered instead of an inch and a half. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I'm pretty comfortable with it. So I'm, I'm not worried too much about that problem. I mean, it's a big bike, but, you know, suspension matters because especially after all those miles, I kind of like to feel my body properly still. <laughs> yeah of course that is the thing isn't it it's like 
I've lowered my bike so much that it is not comfortable at all. I've got yeah. like my seat is this thin oh and my, my shocks are slammed as yeah. you know as low as possible. I wanted that bobber look anyway, yeah. but also so I could fully I wanted to flat foot, you know, yeah. like your first Harley. You want to yeah. be able to flat foot, Just don't safety. you? Yeah. Well it's yeah. funny because the fat boy only has like a three inch ground clearance. And because it's got such a little ground clearance, I scrape on every speed bump. Like, she's just that low. But <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We don't want to look at the scrapes under my bike. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just don't flip it upside down yeah, so we can fine. see it. Yeah. <laughs> my floorboards are really beat up, too. Because, you know, if you go tight corners and she's lower, those floorboards scrape real bad, too. But Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Nothing a little bit of a touch-up on paint would be all right. Yeah, it's fine. They're meant to be ridden. That's the thing. Is these bikes, they're beautiful. And I appreciate the show bikes, but I like to ride mine. So Yeah, that's completely fair enough. I don't blame you for that. Yeah. So do you do a lot of trips then? Is that your thing? Um, I actually, I hate being like, I think all of it's my thing. Uh, I, I mean, today after we're done talking, I plan on going, just doing a little loop around central Florida, go find some food with a buddy, but I love my long distance. I love my solo long distance. I like my little short rides with my local girls. I just like it all rallies. They're great. I mean, I'm in Florida, so like we have like a rally every other month anyway. So it's nice to be able to just do all of it. Like why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? That's amazing. So there's literally a rally every month in florida almost i mean like uh next weekend no this weekend uh is gibtown bike fest in tampa so it's barely an hour from me so february doesn't have a lot off the top of my head but then in the beginning of march is bike week april leesburg like i can go through most of the year and have at least something to do and if not there's always a chopper show somewhere or always like at least something and if not I plan a group ride with my girls um since I run you know a women's organization here so oh always always riding always riding (laughs) that's awesome and I guess being in Florida weather is genuinely on your side as well right oh my goodness um like we do ride all year round so much that in all the years I've been riding, it took um, the Iron Lilies from my Minnesota branch to come down and tell me in February that they ride in seasons. And it never occurred to me that people have riding seasons instead of years. Cause they were I, like, we were talking, oh, how many years have you been riding? And they're like, oh, so many seasons. And I was like, seasons. Oh yeah, that's right. They have to put their bike up, but I ride all year. Yeah, that's amazing. You've you've hit the the jackpot with uh, knowing where to live. I mean, I'm born and raised in Florida. I actually never even thought about it, anything different. So, but that also is why I don't see myself moving out of the state of Florida because I'm not giving that up. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you on that one. So, tell me more about your your clubs that you've that you've made as well. Yeah, uh, so I run a worldwide women's motorcycle organization. Um, We're a network, not a club. It's uh, called the Iron Lilies. Um, We're mostly, of course, U.S.-based, but we actually have members all around the world. And I took it over about two years ago. The the group has been around more locally since 2015. Um, But, you know, women, our lives change a lot, so it's slowly been passed down to women that are more... um, available with their time or like their personal goals. 
Um, so I took it only over about two years ago and then turned it from really a local club and lo local group to, um, I don't know, more branch organizations. Because uh, I, can't, I can't take care of the girls in Washington State and Oregon when I'm like 5,000 miles away. So we, we separated it just a little bit all under the Iron Lilies um, like umbrella, per se. Sure. So, yeah, but we're, we're really just a network of, of women. No rules. Be nice to each other. Ride when you can. Accept everybody. That kind of thing. So. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. I would kill to have something like that in the yeah. UK. Well, let you me know. know. We can get you hooked up with your own little branch over there. Just. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing is, it's finding the people to do it with. Yeah. Like, you know, and... I wouldn't say we have seasons with riding as such. You can get out at random times all throughout the year. It's, mm -hmm. It can be very hit and miss, the British weather. So, um, you know, so like a month like January, you wouldn't expect to get out much at all because there is a lot of rain. But mm -hmm. I managed to get out yesterday. That's awesome. And, you know, yeah. it's sunny all day. So I was like, let's go, you know. Yeah. There are the odd days you can, but it's it's a lot more difficult to plan. has to be more last minute because even if you check the weather, it mm. might say sunny and you'll look out the window and you'll be like, well, it's not, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, see, and it's funny because Florida's like that. At least we don't have the snow or it's freezing. And most of us will go ride in the rain. I cannot tell you how much because we're used to Florida shocking thunderstorms in the middle of nowhere. And... I don't know, riding in the rain and such like that. So, it's oh, good. that's awesome. So, yeah. what do you actually go out in the rain a lot then? I find myself caught in the rain a lot. There's a big difference. Like, even now, it's kind of overcast, but who knows what an hour will bring. But I'm going to go out either way and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I really respect that. It's going out in the rain is something I've always tried to avoid because yeah. for one, if you get wet and cold, for yeah. me, riding is no longer fun. If yeah. I'm cold, that's all I'm thinking about. But like when I went out the other, yesterday, for three days before that, it was raining nonstop. So the roads were very slippery and oh, very yeah. wet still. And because I don't go out in that sort of weather very often, I did find, you know, the back end of my bike doing a few skids out like yeah. that you, when you're coming to stops. And it's like, oh, God, that feels <laughs> horrible. <laughs> a little fishtail action. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's like, gosh, you really, it's made me think I need to get out in the wet weather more to, to mm -hmm. practice this kind of riding because yeah. you never know when yeah. you might just be caught out in it anyway. See, that's the thing is when you're caught out in it and you don't know what you're doing is like the scariest thing. Um, I teach a lot of like new riders or I guide a lot of new riders. And like there's something about where you have to be prepared when that time comes, at least in our state, like because it really will. We have rainstorms that will just pop out of nowhere. And like you have to be prepared. It's a total different riding thing. So yeah definitely and if yeah. the if you've had a lot of sun as well and the the roads are dry when you get that big hit of rain yeah. it's extra slippery isn't it mm -hmm. yeah and it's funny because a lot of a lot of the people here in florida uh, will even focus on tires that are more appropriate for rain riding because the fact that you kind of want that little bit of different traction when it comes to riding in the rain so 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that is one thing I was going to look into is some different tyres because yeah. I think the tyres I've got are maybe, I've been advised that they're maybe not the best in, you know, wet weather. Yeah. So I'm going to look into some that will just help with that because I've definitely got a few more months of <laughs> rain before rain. it's summer. <laughs> yeah, and take advantage of it. Exactly. Learn to ride in the rain and be comfortable with it. It's actually funny because I find, I find riding in the rain now maybe because it's been so many years, actually really um, rejuvenating and like a different form of riding completely. Uh, I don't know what it is, but you'll get there on that that mentality, I'm sure, too, because it's just a t different experience on how you focus and how it calms you. Because, I mean, I think all of us ride for different reasons, but all of us come down to it makes us feel better on the inside, and riding in the rain does that, too, in a different way. Yeah, sure. I mean, another challenge, I guess. And yeah. a, a lot of people, I think, ride to clear your head in a way, because as soon as you mm -hmm. get on the bike, that's all you're thinking about, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So Meditation doesn't mean you're sitting still. So no, that's so true. So yeah, in the rain, when you've got to extra think about it, because we mm -hmm. do all have those moments, don't you? When when you're riding and you just, you know, you're in fifth, sixth gear, whatever, and your brain can go off a little bit yeah and all of a sudden I've done that and I've thought oh my god no you need to concentrate like <laughs> what are you doing you, yeah. <laughs> you See, can't do that in the rain <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's funny because that's why I think I love my long distance solo riding is I just go like it doesn't matter like I'm just on my own and I'm in my own zone, but that's what long distance is for me. Like, yeah, it's goal oriented. I want to go here. I want to see here, but it's, I, I don't even listen to music when I ride long distance, like at all. I went 10,000 miles this summer across country and didn't turn on my radio at all because wow. you just live in your own head, which is probably crazy, but wonderful at the same time. That's amazing. Where did yeah. you go over the summer? Oh, uh, so one of the trips that I did, I went from Oregon up to Sturgis in South Dakota, and then I came back down and then went through like Northern California, and then I went up the Oregon coast to Washington and did a women's camp out in Washington State, and then I figured ate my way back and then did another women's camp out in Arkansas, and then slowly, well, not slowly, I iron-butted it like from Arkansas back to Florida. Like, I think it was like 1150 miles that day. But like, wow. I made a big figure eight across the US and back in 19 days this, this summer. Oh my gosh, that is yeah. mental. Wow. <laughs> you know, goal oriented. <laughs> but sure. it was great. I did actually get to meet like our iron lilies in Washington and Oregon, and as well as the, the our iron lilies in Arkansas that actually were putting on that women's event. So it was really... It was really awesome. And I got to go to Sturgis for the first time. So, Oh, my gosh. I want to go there so um, bad. Yeah. It was, was a it very really good, good experience. Well, okay. So so I, I don't really drink, and I'm not really a partier. So I hate being like – I didn't actually go to Sturgis, like the bike event. I was there like 7 and 8 a.m. in the morning. So I don't know if that counts the same way. But the riding in South Dakota is Stunning, like Custer State Park, the Badlands, um, like Spearfish Canyon, all of it was just so beautiful. Like, I can't wait to go up to just ride around again. It was breathtaking. I mean, that's the beautiful part about the U.S. is we have so many different types of terrain and environments to ride in that that was a whole nother experience on two wheels. Yeah, for sure. That's so true. You have got it in a way. It reminds me of Europe where it's like 
Europe. I don't I don't actually know the difference in the landmass as to mm-hmm. how big Europe is compared to the States, but it's like you can cover lots within yeah. that region. But yeah. you you don't have to cross any borders, I suppose, do you? You can just crack yeah, on. Just keep on going. Yeah, keep on going. I mean, eventually when I do Alaska, I do have to get through Canada. But for the most part, our continental United States, you just keep going. There's really nothing too crazy about any of it. And I think that's why it's so simple. I mean, I mean, I was crossing three, four, five states in a day sometimes, depending on where I was and what my itinerary was. Um, yeah that's mental oh yeah. wow what a story <laughs> that is so cool <laughs> so did you do this on your glide yeah that's actually why I bought the road glide is because I knew like I had taken a lot of um, like southeastern United States rides on my fat boy um, but my fat boy is an 06 it doesn't have cruise control <laughs> and it just doesn't pack down the same way I needed like a full tour pack and to be able to carry the stuff that I wanted to, the road glide was honestly just part of the plan uh, eventually. Um, so I kind of, the, the road guide was very much purpose pur- purpose, purpose purchased, if I can say. <laughs> yeah. But oh, it was a very good experience for sure. And I can't, I mean, I can't wait to do it again. All I do is count down to being able to escape again for that. Yeah, I bet. Now you've experienced it once. It's probably yeah. given you the bug, hasn't it, to oh, just yeah. do more. Well, I mean... This goes back to as a woman, like how many times are we told we can't or, oh, you're going to do that by yourself. And listen, be afraid, but do it anyway. And it was so life changing. I can tell you that the person that left in August and the person that came back in almost September is not the same human. And it's because of how much, um, I guess, self-reliance and knowing that when I looked at a map at one point, I was in Washington State and my kid was in Florida. Like, it was so weird. (laughs) So, I don't know. Eye-opening and life-changing all at the same time. Eventually, I'll make a YouTube video on all the content I had from that. But it's like four hours and I'm like, I just can't. I don't have enough brain capacity to put that together (laughs) just yet. But we're getting there. (laughs) That is actually a really tough bit. Uh, because I'd yeah. done a trip around Europe that last summer, this summer yeah. just gone. And uh, you do just have so much footage and mm-hmm. it's like you want you want to try and show people what it was like, but yeah. it's almost frustrating because watching it in a video is never going to compare to being yeah. in these places and yeah. actually, you know, riding the roads and... So it's hard. I fully understand. Yeah. And I, I I, really, like, I don't think you can grasp it until you feel it. And I think that that's the thing. I was like, I, I captured all this. I can't say anything about it, but, like, look, it's beautiful. And that's it. <laughs> like, you have to just watch it, I guess. I don't know. But I'll eventually get to it. The YouTube thing is still very, very new. And I'm not tech savvy enough for all of it just yet. <laughs> It takes time to learn, but I'm sure with your motivation that you've proven, (laughs) you'll get there eventually. (laughs) It's motivation, not stubbornness. I appreciate that. (laughs) So did you do any mods to the glide before you went for the trip? So, okay. So when I bought that bike, as I said, it was orange. Um, So I actually stripped the bike completely down. And I mean, that's when I lowered it and I changed uh, the air cleaner and blacked out all the chrome that was very excessive on this bike. Um, but nothing crazy. It, it, it's a little bit older. It's only a 2011. It's had a camp upgrade before I bought it. 
Um, and then I just put the lowering shocks. I haven't done much. The most extensive thing that I did to it is I put a double DIN radio in it because I wanted the full GPS. So a little bit of body work. Um, this year I plan on doing a little bit more and it's really still not going to be that much. I hate being like, I'm not a super performancey person. I'm like, well, it runs and maintenance is really important to me. I like, mm. but I, I really don't upgrade things like that. I think I'm pretty comfortable with where it's at, but besides the suspension is terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah that's probably the biggest thing is I have to redo the suspension probably probably both the front and the rear I mean I put lowering dampers on the front end so it's still just stock but it's just it needs a little bit more attention there so I don't think I'll be doing any major mods or anything to it I'm not as I said unfortunately I'm not a super performancey person so it doesn't matter yeah. does it it's like as long yeah. as it is good for you and exactly like performance as a basic Harley is good anyway. And, yeah. you know, on those bikes, it's already a fantastic bike. So, yeah. and as well, I do find with, you know, especially Harleys, you're not really buying a Harley because you want to go super fast around the corners, are you? You know, exactly. you're on it to enjoy the ride, take your time, cruise around and just have fun. You don't need to be doing yeah. tight bends fast. <laughs> yeah. Most of the changes that I made to it were purely for comfort. Like I bought a really nice Corbin seat for it and I lowered the handlebars where I was comfortable with. And as I said, the GPS made sense to me too. So yeah. it was about comfort, but I also am one of those that I would rather spend my money on fuel than something to make it go faster. Exactly. Like that's just not where my mindset unfortunately is, but I appreciate it. And I love looking at it and I love hearing about it. I just don't seem to do it for my own bikes. But as I said, I think it's prioritizing fuel costs instead. Yeah. I don't blame you on that. That's smart. <laughs> Logical here. What can I say? <laughs> so Tiffany, I was having a look through your Instagram mm -hmm. And I come across a couple of pictures. I was like, oh, I, I want to hear a bit more about what was actually going on here. So I'm just going to pull one of them up and get you to just explain a little bit more about it. Um, it's hard because there was a few that I was like, oh, what's, I want to know more about this one. But let's go with this one I thought was really cool. Can you see that? Oh, yeah, that's a great place. Okay, so um, Florida is amazing. Let's just start there. Um, I know I'm partial because I'm Florida born and raised, but there's a lot of really cool hidden gems there. And that is when um, I went to, it's Williston, Florida. It's kind of on, like it's still central Florida, but more on the uh, west side of the state. And it's Devil's Den, okay? And Devil's Den is actually a, an underwater cave. And you get to go down the stairs and snorkel or scuba dive if you're scuba dive certified in a cave. And it's super cool. There's like fish everywhere, but it's cold, like so cold. So I'm so glad that the day that we went, it was actually pretty warm out. Um, but even getting into the water, like it was like slow motion, like you got to like one step at a time. But it's so cool because you really do. You climb down this like hole and there's like all this beautiful water and you get to swim around in for like a half an hour and then leave freezing and then hop back on my bike and go across the state. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I didn't realize Florida had like random little things like that. 
Oh yeah, Florida, like that's actually one of the goals for my YouTube thing is, is I kind of want to share some of these really cool little hidden gems in the state of Florida. And you wouldn't necessarily think of Florida having caves, but we have caves and a lot of them are underwater. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> That's amazing. I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say is one of your most scariest or like dangerous moments you've had on a bike? So it's funny. I actually, maybe I'm just super lucky, knock on wood. Um, I actually haven't had too many scary moments, but I think the scariest one was actually one of the last days in this cross country trip. And it wasn't even scary. Like you would think it was scary. And actually this is a story. It's a fun story. So um, one of my girls from Florida actually met me up in Oklahoma so we could ride to Arkansas for um, the women's event we were going to. However, in a lot of that area, there happens to not be really great cell service. So we're kind of wandering. I kind of had an idea of where I needed to go because everything kind of blacked out. And we're coming around this curve and there's a semi hauling ass behind us. Um, so we're like 70 miles an hour, which is a little over speed limit there. And there's like an overpass, but not like, it's not like a really big overpass, but it goes over a little Creek and the edge of it was just enough of a bump. It lifted my terrible suspension <laughs> and my saddlebag flew off the bike oh. and then it flew the opposite direction, 70 miles an hour, riding down the center line, thankfully did not hit my girl Stacy, but also heading towards the semi that was right behind our butts. So we both emergency stopped still on this little tiny overpass. And I hopped off my bike still in full gear and sprinted towards the semi. Apparently there was also a Corvette coming the other direction behind me, but I didn't see that. I was just kind of like running full force to save my saddlebag. So I scooped up my saddlebag and this is the saddlebag that happens to have my cooler in it. So I'm like waddling with like cooler water, like pouring all over me to the edge and the semi finally passes us. And then like this truck pulls inside and starts yelling at us to get off of his bridge because somehow we emergency stopped on a bridge in front of the state penitentiary. So they were worried we were dropping drugs. So I got yelled at after like scooping up my poor scraped up saddlebag. And I think it was scary to me, but I think it was more scary to my friend Stacy that was following it because she's watching me like sprint towards a semi and then like get yelled at from some warden. And yeah, that was probably the scariest moment. And I know that's not like super scary, but thankfully that that's it. So I wear my very scraped up saddlebag well still. I don't think I'm actually going to repaint it for a while. <laughs> oh my god that's a bit mental to be yeah. fair that's like a lot of danger all in one yeah. story to yeah. be fair. yeah you can't make that up like it's just so weird <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh and that is so funny that that warden must have thought you were dropping drugs or something yeah. like that yeah. no and he was full-blown yelling at us we had other uh corrections officers pulling their cars up because you know crazy biker chicks are running across their bridge it was yeah it's an ordeal Oh my god! So not even asking if you're all right, just get no, off the bridge. Pretty much, like we were full blown yelled at from this guy, and like he went over and checked my bags, like double checking that I wasn't like carrying drugs. And I'm like, it's like it's got my lunch in it. Like there's nothing interesting here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's well a scary story. That's actually yeah. funny now. I yeah. guess you can. Yeah, it was that. not funny at the moment. We were both shaking, uh, but you know, it's good. I, fit, I did find our way to the women's camp out, so it worked out fine. 
Good. (laughs) So what about the other end of the spectrum? What's one of your most cherished moments you've had on two wheels? Oh man. I, I feel like I have so many, like, all right. So, so one of the places that I went, um, I remember this is after I went through, uh, Beartooth Pass is a really tall pass in, uh, Wyoming, and Montana area. Um, and I live 87 feet above sea level and this is 11,000. So after going through this, and this is where I saw snow at mountains, which boggled my mind, but we came to, or I came down to this like, um, like valley afterwards. And I remember hopping off my bike and being like, I'm in like the middle of Wyoming by myself on two wheels. And I know it sounds so silly, but I was like so proud of myself at that moment. Like I was so scared. I actually almost canceled the trip because I was like, I don't know if I can ride this many miles all by myself packed up like this. And I remember getting off my bike and just being like, this is gorgeous. This isn't real. Have I died and gotten to heaven? And I was like, it just felt so uplifting on the inside. And it's not even like super special of an area, but I just remember being like, oh yeah, I'm doing this. This is going to be a great trip. And this was only like day four. So that's amazing. Yeah. Some Sometimes, like you say, it might not be the most amazing place in the world, but when you're feeling in that moment, like yeah. when you travel somewhere and you get there, it's, yeah. it's just that feeling, isn't it? It's like an achievement and mm-hmm. it can be quite a, uh, well, I don't know what the word is, like overwhelming. Oh, right? yeah, 100% overwhelming. Uh-huh. But like in a positive way, too, because it really, as I said, the person that left before that trip and the person that came home, it just, it reminded me, like, excuse me, but who the fuck I am, you know? Like, I can do everything I set my mind to, and it just kind of like, it was just an experience. And I think that that's the thing. That's what we're all looking for. Yeah, 100%. I love that. It's uh I think all bikers have that one thing in common where you you understand each other with that that there's this a whole new feeling that you have never experienced before and it's only when you take a journey and you do a trip like that and you get into that situation that you fully feel it and it's yeah, it's undescribable really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> so We're going to move on to something a little bit random to start with, but it will all make sense in the end. So I need to know, what's your favourite food, your dream destination and your favourite car, if you have one? Doesn't okay. do you do you have a car actually, Tiffany? I, I do. Actually I have a truck and um I ride or drive my truck, see I even say ride. I drive my truck maybe like five thousand miles a year like a normal person to get groceries, but yeah, I don't really I mean I like it, but it's not the priority in this world, unfortunately. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay, so what was the questions? It was favorite so, food. Food, yeah, start with favorite food. Um, I'm a, I, I like food, but I would say tacos. If you know, if we're if we're gonna go get Mexican food, as long as they have a vegetarian option, I'm golden. Yeah. Um, that's probably the tops. Oh no! Nice. Oh, you're vegetarian. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm vegan. So. Oh yeah. So yeah. come to Florida. I'll show you all the good places. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your dream destination? 
I feel like you could put me anywhere and I would be a happy camper. Like just spin the globe and drop me off. Um, I think I'm still very goal oriented right now. And I really would love to ride in Hawaii next after I get to Alaska. Cause I know Alaska I can do, but Hawaii, I'm not sure how I'm going to do. So I think not that it's my dream destination. I think it's the next big goal destination. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So what about a car then? Do you have a favorite car, like a dream car? Yeah, 53 Packard Caribbean convertible. What's that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's really, it's a 50s uh, convertible. So it's, you know, your bubbly car. And technically the reason that's my favorite is that was my grandfather's car. So um, my dad has my grandfather's car and eventually it will be mine. But uh, it's just, just cool. It's just you know like awesome. 50s bubbly cars and it's a convertible and i don't know i just like them and yeah. it's it's like running in the family as well yeah exactly and i think that that's where my first i guess first influence on taking an old vehicle and turning it into something really cool because i remember when my grandfather brought it home it was rust that was it it was rust and um what it turned into it was just life-changing to see that transformation. And that's why I think I don't mind buying older bikes and transforming them because you can see, well, I mean, I also like to not necessarily buy just what's new. I like to, to reuse things when I can. Um, but man, just this transformation process is cool as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'll, I'll have to have a look at a picture. Yeah, they're very Treat. cool. I'll send you one later. <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah. So... Now we're going to have a game of would you rather. So, oh, God. Okay. Yeah, some people have got pretty emotional with this. Okay. <laughs> Depends how strongly you feel. Okay. <laughs> so would you rather have your tacos, you can eat tacos all day, every day, as much as you like, okay. but you would not be allowed to ride uh, your glide, assuming the, oh. your glide is like your most favourite yeah. bike. it is my favourite bike. Uh yeah. Or you've got your glide, of course. Yeah. And, but no I mean, tacos ever if you've got your glide. Yeah, I was going to say, no, I would actually take the road glide, I think, still. Because really, that the amount of freedom that's come from that bike. Uh, I can eat other Mexican food, though, right? You can, yeah. <laughs> okay, then I'll, you know what, I'll take the bike still. I'll make <laughs> options there. It's fine. Sacrifice. <laughs> Sacrifice for the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> okay so what about if we throw hawaii into the mix you can go to hawaii live out your your dream uh trip there um you could even live there you go there as much as you like but never allowed to ride your glide again or the other way around but you're never going to hawaii now see and i need my glide for all of these things Ooh, that's a really hard one <laughs> So am I allowed to finish 49 states and then get to Hawaii if I choose the glide? No, you're never allowed to go yeah. to Hawaii. <laughs> uh, we'll pretend there's 49 states. Oh, but that's such a goal-oriented thing. I don't know. I have to check it off. You could go there and ride a different bike, but you would just never be allowed your glide again. I'd have to choose the glide, though, still. Yeah. I don't blame you. I mean, there's other really cool, like, islands, I'm sure. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll still choose the bike for now. Yeah. God, that's hard. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what about your granddad's car then? Ooh. Like, you know, if it, here's your granddad's car, you can have it now, but the glide has to go. Okay, so if it really is his car, oh, I'd take his car in a heartbeat. No, yeah. that's nice. It's yeah. sentimental, I suppose. It's sentimental. At the end of the day, yeah, it's sentimental. And yeah, I'd have to choose his then. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to choose his. If, so it, it's not... funny because if he could see us now, like I, I, my, my grandfather passed away um, before I really got into riding like I am now because he passed away a good like 15 years ago. So he actually never really got to see. I mean, he he saw me first ride, I think, when I was like a teenager. But that's not like I didn't ride like this then, obviously. So I, w I would be curious what he thinks of this. Did he ride? So my grandfather didn't, but my grandmother did. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So I actually, like, I come from bikers. Um, that's why this is just part of who I've been growing up. And while I didn't ride as much during quite a few years, um, you know, because college and I had a kid and that kind of thing. But um, no, like, my mom used to ride. My mom rode before my dad did. And my grandmother knew how to ride. It was different, different life, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> And did you say that your son rides as well now? Yeah. So my kid, he'll be actually, he'll be turning 12 um, next week. Uh, he has like a pit bike and he rides on the back of my bike all the time. Actually, we've discussed this week if we want to sell his pit bike and get a Grom because, you know, he's getting closer and closer to legal riding age, like on the street. Not that it's super soon, but I think we're going to do a Grom after this pit bike because it's kind of small. Um, so... Yeah, he, he definitely likes to ride too. And it's a good thing. Like, I appreciate that I can share that with him because that's how I grew up. I grew up in the back of my dad's. So yeah. it's nice to be able to have that with him as well. Yeah, that's cool. Does your dad still ride now? Uh, so yes, uh, it's funny because he also has a road glide. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, I had, um, actually, it was funny because uh, right after I redid the entire road glide, um, he needed to help me make a bracket. He's a welder. Um, for some part of my bike and I rode down to St. Pete because he's about two hours away and then some reason my bike stopped working on the way back so he let me just take his back home <laughs> so it was kind of nice I was like oh red glide but that's the original OG like grandpa glide <laughs> you know? oh really yeah. <laughs> what year is that one then his, he actually has a 2012 CVO so it's the fancy one but almost the same year so I was really comfortable on it and I don't know. Like, it's not lowered as much as my bike was, so it's tippy-toeing it real well. But the fact that I can ride his road glide, too, kind of special, you know? That's sentimental stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's one thing that I grew up on the back of my dad's bike, and he's still got the same bike, and it's a goal. I've got to ride it myself yeah. one day. Like, he says that I can. It's That's just awful. me having the confidence to do it. You can um, do it. You can do yeah. it. I promise you, you can. You're strong enough and strong-willed enough, I promise. But it's funny because <laughs> that's, that's kind of the thing. Is like I think it's something about fathers and daughters that like to ride. Like It's a very cool bonding experience. So. Yeah, for yeah. sure. There's nothing quite like I always remember the yeah. first time I got to ride next to him, you oh, know. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All it. those years of being on the back 
thinking yeah. about, oh, what will it be like one day I'll get to ride next to him? And yeah. you finally do it. It's like, yeah. gosh, such a special moment. Yeah, those are memories that you take with you for the rest of your life. Like, you can't not, so. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Tiffany, I've just got one more question for okay. you to wrap things up. If you could go back in time to when you first started riding and you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Just do it anyway. I mean, I feel like I hindered myself, and I think a lot of us women do that, where we get a lot of um, unsolicited advice specifically from men um, about the bike's too big or you can't do that or whatever it may be. But I, I don't know. I think young me, especially really young me that first got on a bike at 16, like I, I needed to be told, just do it anyway. And I actually spent so many years not really doing it because I was too scared of some of the, just some of the other comments and some of the other things that were kind of like you would always hear in the background. So um, it took me a lot longer to be even confident enough to to be out there like this. Like, naturally, that's not me. So I really would like to have done this, like, for myself many years prior. But, you know, all in good time, right? Absolutely. I, th- I guess we all have – once you've experienced something, you can always say – oh, you know, I I wish I would have done this sooner or whatever. But Mm -hmm. if that wasn't your time, I do believe everything happens at the time it's supposed to happen, right? Agreed. Very much agreed. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me today. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Of course. And uh, we'll... I'll drop in your Instagram and your YouTube and whatnot. Links for everyone to check out as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Biker Chick Chat. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to see more from me, you can catch me under Biker Bethany on my other socials, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and the rest. Also, don't forget to check out Tiffany. You can find her under Indigo Moto. I will add in all the links below so that you can find us. Thank you again and I'll catch you on the next one.